Ba-dum. And we're back. Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide live podcast. Today, I'm joined by an awesome fella, Mr. Chris Jones, who is the co-founder and COO of Aqua Genuity. And he's tuning in and beaming in and, and talking with us from directly from Seattle right now. And, you know, Aqua Genuity is a data as a service platform, making drinking water quality data visible, accessible, and understandable. And this guy, he's worked across all kinds of different perspectives of tech and marketing to uh, evangelism, to talking about blockchain solutions. And formerly, he actually worked with an amazing company called Dragon Chain out in Seattle. And today we're going to really dive deep on Chris's background. You know, what actually got him inspired into doing the work that he does in the tech arena? What inspired Aquagenuity? And more importantly, you know, the movement that they're building um, around their platform. In addition to that, what's next? What's next and how he's currently hanging in there during this time of COVID? All right. So we're going to bring him on. Chris, what's good, man? Hey, what's happening? Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, of course, man. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for finding time. And more importantly, how are you hanging in there during COVID, man? I, I, the world is still going through a lot, man. Trying to stay healthy and, and somewhat sane. Uh, I, I think if you, if you can do those two things, I think you're doing all right right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree 120%, man. Chris, I would love for you to share with us, you know, a little bit more about your background, man, and really what got you in into the tech industry, man, because you have a very illustrious background. Yeah, thanks. Um, what got me into the industry, I think it was primarily curiosity. Um, mm -hmm. I'm one of those people I like to learn, and I didn't come up uh, in tech, you know, to kind of give you an idea. When, when I started college, Everyone went to a single location to jump on a computer to find out about like an email that maybe your teacher sent you and your email address was probably about 70 characters long. So when I was coming up, uh, the way that we use tech today, that's not the way that it was. So I wasn't indoctrinated in tech. And as I uh, advanced along in my career, I got to a place where there were just these things, these movements shifts that were happening around me that I said, I've got to be able to understand this space a bit better in order to be able to operate, you know, where the world was going. And so that was, that kind of began my, my steps into a, into the tech space. Mm -hmm. You know, for you, you know, cause me, similar to you, man, uh, it was just out of curiosity and learning by doing, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, for you, was there ever a point where you you saw yourself where you're at now? Did you ever think, Oh, wow. One day I'm going to be a CEO leading one of, you know, one of the hottest probably tech companies out right now in the space that you're in. No, I, I think I always had an inclination from uh, to be an entrepreneur. But uh, like when I I would say I made the move into a tech uh, led company or tech driven company. Uh, when I jumped into the telecommunication space, uh, when I, I, I managed the content portal at Boost Mobile. Um, and that for me was uh, my introduction. I got to learn the telco space, not from voice and out, or voice and handsets. I learned it from what people were doing on the handsets. You know, So we were in the early days where we were selling ringtones and ringback tones and games like crazy on the phone. You know, Boost Mobile, boop, where you at? Like, we were doing that. And so our per capita sales um, was the highest in the world in terms of selling content on phones long before, you know, the iPhone dropped and everyone got used to, you know, how we 
use these devices today. And I was just fascinated by it. And I was like, I gotta dive deeper and learn more about this and understand how this is changing the game and how it's changing everything, obviously from music back then to games to you know now all the productivity tools and the like. So I was extremely interested and, and that was that was when I kind of made the shift and was like, yeah, I don't think I'll be going back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, nah, not for me. <laughs> so I, I want to I ask you, because there's a lot of different technology trends going on right now, especially after COVID-19. You know, the world has changed a lot. And, you know, I want us to talk on Aquagenuity and what y'all are doing you know, and your, your data as a service platform. But what are some of the technology that excites you in the, in the, in the industry right now? You've worked around a variety of different, um, you know, mobile to blockchain. But right now, what are you kind of really looking at? Two to three trends that, that excite you? Yeah, good, good question. Um, in terms of from an entrepreneur perspective, I still think there's so much to mine from an AI machine learning perspective. Mm. Uh, I was telling you earlier off camera, you know, my friend's company Needle, they're doing a lot in the AI and speech recognition area. Um, those are areas that are that are still massive. I think you're still going to see a lot in terms of uh, edge computing. You know, mm. I still think there's a lot there's you know there's a long way to go in terms of you know cloud cloud infrastructure, and then of course I I, I got a significant love for blockchain. I still think blockchain is going to revolutionize uh, a lot of what we do uh, and a lot of how we secure what we do going forward. So uh, you know take something as simple as that the hack that happened with Twitter just yesterday, right? Yep. If people were 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 signing their tweets with their own hashtag, you wouldn't have to worry about the authenticity of whether or not. Hey, did that tweet come from Obama or come from, you know, whomever? You'd be able to know it. So, um, so I think there's massive opportunities there as well. Yeah, no, that's so true, man. And I, and I love that you said that because I mean, we're we're looking at what what happened with Twitter yesterday, which is so important. I love how they reacted so proactively to everything and are actually now thinking about okay, how do we prevent this from happening again? Because we know it's not easy <laughs> having mm -hmm. yeah. a billion a billion people or more on your platform. You know, I want to ask you, Chris, I want us to dive deep on aquagenuity. So tell us a little bit about the the story. You know, what inspired aquagenuity? What was the you know the opportunity or the experience the moment you realized, man, we got to build this. We got to build this platform. Yeah, so so I came on as a co-founder of Aquagenuity, and my my my, my co-founder, the founder Doll, yeah. she basically she's working in Flint in 2015 um, for a water company, and she got there and she kept talking to residents, and they all kept expressing how you know they couldn't find out and didn't know what was in their water, mm. and her background is one a, a data scientist. Uh, she went to Harvard, and she said, I think this is a data problem. This doesn't feel like a political problem to me. This doesn't feel like go march in the streets and that's how you get this sorted out. It's like, I need this information, I need this data. How do we solve for that? Um, it just so happened that that water company that she was working with was my father's company. Um, no. My father had been in, been in the water space since the mid eighties. And so, you know, I've been running from the water space since the mid eighties. And so, um, and that was how <laughs> she and I connected. And really it's all about, you know, we're aquagenuity. We're trying to create basically the Google search for water, you know, so that you can find out and we can make this data transparent what's in our water. Um, and that enables everyone to be able to, you know, look out not just for their own health and the health of their families, but also the health of their communities. And we're going to get to a place where there's more demand for water than there is we have what we have to drink. And mm. so we've got to become better stewards of our water ecosystem. And so um, this dual nature of the impact that we can have uh, really appealed to me.
Yeah. No, and I think it's so powerful too, because what the thing that you, that's really unique that and the, the lens that you all are coming at it from is that data is actually the artifact that is truly important to be able to say, okay, how do we make sure that our water isn't polluted? We have as much more and more reserved. And more importantly, we can supply people with good quality <laughs> water that's good for their bodies. Human beings can't be the sensors to water problems. That's yeah. a bad solution to figuring out that something is wrong with the water. And we see the results and impacts of that in, in Flint today. And so, you know, eventually someone's going to solve this. And why not us? Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Why not us? And why not now? <laughs> well, why not now? Why not now? Why, why are we waiting? You know, yeah. a lot of people uh, initially often ask, oh, you know, you're focusing on third world countries. Mm-hmm. And what we point out is that there are over 3000 Flint's locations with more lead in their water than Flint in the U.S. today. Yeah. More than 3000 locations. And that's just lead. That doesn't deal with some of the other things that are, are in our water from, you know, arsenic, chromium-6, and forever chemicals, PFAS, and the like. So the challenges that we have in developed nations are often around uh, infrastructure. You know, we laid a lot of the infrastructure in this country after the New Deal. So it's all, you know, it's coming up on 100 years old. So how do we know, you know, what needs to be replaced where? We need more data, you know? How do the citizens know to advocate for you know their local water utilities. Hey, this is my area needs to be dealt with. Well, you need you need more data. You know, how can we make better decisions as individuals or communities? You need more data, and so that's what that's what we're out uh, um, we're out to enable people to be have access to that information. Mm-hmm. And, and for I want to ask you because you know you worked around you know blockchain solutions and seeing the impact that data can have when we empower people with data, but also when organizations um, are able to have control of their large data set. You know, where do you see kind of long term things going in terms of security and privacy uh, around data? Yeah, well, that, that's where I see um, the initial opportunities for blockchain. You know, I, I tell people, you know, what's the immediate use case for blockchain? It's for trust in data. Yep. Yep. You know, trust yep. in data. And so that's where we'll, we'll see the initial uses for it. And I think things like this hack that we've seen from from Twitter, I think will begin to push some of these solutions further along. Um, the challenge that blockchain has had thus far, because a lot of people say, well, I, you know, I thought blockchain was supposed to take over the world, is that the first application built on blockchain happened to be money. Wow. <laughs> so because it's money, it got uh, so much more attention than other early technologies and and the belief that it was ready for prime time when it's frankly it's just still a lot of basic infrastructure that still has needs and has to be built in yeah. order to be able to leverage this technology to the fullest and so that's being done it's happening yeah. um, uh, and now with you know crypto not being uh, you know in the headlines every day it allows the people who are in the space to do the work that needs to get done so that we can leverage leverage it to build solutions that are meaningful for people yeah and it's so true i think you know there's a lot of organizations such as microsoft uh, who are creating those hyperscale infrastructures that organizations can use to be able to, you know, apply blockchain at scale, whether it be public or, or, or private. You know, I want to ask you, Chris, you know, uh, who have been some of the leaders in your life that have really kind of impacted or inspired you to continue doing the work that you do as a, as a technologist, man? Oh, man, there have been there have been a number. Uh, 
and I won't limit it just to technology, but you've got folks like uh, I worked for Daryl DC Cobbin. Daryl Cobbin, he was he's the mastermind behind Sprint's early days mm-hmm. um, uh, when they when they went big, and then he came over and was the uh, head of marketing CMO at Boost Mobile, and uh, unbelievable guy, inspirational figure. Uh, I encourage. He's got a podcast out there too. Go listen to it if you're in the brands. Um, he's he's a phenomenal person. Um, uh, beyond that, a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs that you've never heard of. You know, mm-hmm. people who've been in the grind trying to figure out ways to you know build technology, improve people's lives in ways that you know some have been successful, some haven't been successful. But that everyday grind. I like to talk about that because uh, entrepreneurship has gotten this. Uh, this sheen or this gleam that it's this, you know, awesome, beautiful thing. And in reality, it's a grind, mm. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hustle every day. And so I got a lot of respect for um, a lot of folks who I know who've been in that hustle, who've been in that grind and been making, you know, step by step, day by day, making strides. So a lot of those folks are people that I, you know, re- really inspire me. And then of course, uh, you know, I obviously follow in particular your black entrepreneurs that have done well. You know, I look at folks. I just got done an accelerator program that was run by SoftBank and WeWork Labs, and we had uh, Delane Powell was mm. on there. And Delane and his, his esports company, uh, Playverse. Man, he's 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 a super smart cat who is doing some amazing stuff. You know, so people like that, you know, keep you energized and and you definitely inspire to. So uh, there's a number of folks out there. Yeah, shout out to Delane. Shout out to Delane of Play Versus. Yeah, you know, it's it's powerful to, you know, what we're seeing right now, I think, in in technology, because I feel as if we're kind of seeing a renaissance renaissance moment in people who are creating really powerful solutions um, for even like problems that we're having, such as face masks, right? (laughs) And Mm -hmm, people, how do we re engineer face masks so they're transparent? and that they feel comfortable and things like that. I actually also think that we're seeing that in other industries, such as for us with Guide, it's learning. And you know, I, I think right now we're seeing that there's this huge, huge, huge momentum swing around how are we creating a more influ- inclusive infrastructure and, and I think platform around people who want to innovate from diverse backgrounds. You know, and I think one of the, one of the things I, I really love about what you all are doing with Aquagenuity is that you all are bringing that to diverse communities. Right, that innovation of diverse communities. Yeah, we we are. Um, we think that all communities need to be brought along and supported in this in this journey. And you know whether it's it's providing you know testing in schools, which is one of the things that we do. You know, mm-hmm. or whether it's um, enabling others to come in and support uh, testing in communities, underserved communities. Hey, you know what? I want to help. You know map the water ecosystem we call it the water genome project you know in this community so i'm going to buy testing kits so that people can go and map out and test what's happening in those communities that's all big to us and then on the you know on the other side we want to be one of the companies that other you know other diverse entrepreneurs look up to you know so whether that's in just how we operate and how we build our business to you know introductions and connections and and bringing others uh, you know uh, along behind. So yeah, we, we feel like there's a responsibility there that, uh, that we're not going to shirk. Mm, powerful, Chris, powerful. Shout out to my co-founder, Taban, who says, France is doing great things around water and to them, water is essential and they put all their resources on it. The U.S. needs that high standard so that we don't have more flicks. Preach. That's a, it's a great point. One of the challenges 
that all of the water systems have. And if you go and look at like the American Water Works Association, their annual report, they always talk about one of their top 10 challenges is, is educating consumers around the value of water. Mm. And so that's one of the tasks that we're taking on to help support that. Because once people understand the value of water more, then they're more willing to pay for and do the things that will enable us to have great water. You know, it actually doesn't take a lot in terms of the spend for us to improve our water system so that we're all drinking as, as clean a water as possible. But it takes a commitment. Um, obviously, there's some politics to it as well. We've got over 54,000 public water systems out there in the country. It's very fragmented it's community by community basis right now. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen. But we at first got to start by helping people understand the value of water so that they care. Mm, mm, mm. Powerful, man. Yeah, I drink a lot of water. I'm just like, I now I care. You need to go to our website, myaquascore.com, and go check the quality of water. <laughs> put your zip code in, check your water. And if you want to get it at your house, you can pick yourself up a water DNA test kit. We'll mm. mail it out to you, put the water in, send it back. We'll get it lab tested for you. You get it returned with a water score and a profile of your water. Yeah, I would ask. So I would ask you because um, you guys even because you know how are you all when when you all think about the business of uh, aquagenuity? Um, you know, you know how is it? How is it? How are you all scaling the business side of it and ensuring that people, you know, and also I think municipalities um, are able to reinforce this. Yeah. So <laughs> there, there there are a number of gaps in the system in terms of being able to monitor water. So the further away you get from the water treatment plant, the less monitoring you have. There's actually another company uh, called Varuna that's helping in that area. And then, of course, what we call the last mile, what's coming out of the tap. Not a lot of monitoring of what's coming out of the tap. We believe that eventually we'll be monitoring what's coming out of the tap in real time, um, mm -hmm. uh, leveraging IoT sensors and the like. Um, we're not there yet, um, neither as from a techno technological perspective as a nation, uh, uh, Norris as a company yet, but we've identified technologies that can begin to help us understand what's coming out at the end of the tap. And so, uh, long term, we're a bit, we'll be a bit like the ADT for your water, right? People have ADT not because they're worried that they're going to get robbed every day, but because the impact of getting robbed at one time high enough that you're like, you know what, I'm going to pay that monthly fee. So, you know, somebody's there if I get robbed. Similar with water, right? Your water, it changes on a regular basis but it changes within some, some parameters. But if it gets outside of those parameters, well, you need to know, mm. you need to know, you need to know right away, right? <laughs> this is, this is, you know, essentially what happened in Flint, right? People didn't know the water got outside those parameters. And all of a sudden now you're dealing with kids who have lifelong, you know, learning challenges. So mm. we can't be the censors. So that's, that's, that's where we eventually see the business going, but it starts with helping people understand one, you can actually know what's in your water. You can know your water quality. You know, we're talking to real estate, companies, you know, who, who can provide this information so that when you go to buy or rent a home, just like you find out information on the school system or the crime in that area, you can find out the information on the water in that area as well. So, you know, we're starting at the at the beginning at, with the basics so that people can start to understand and recognize and see getting, uh, you know, information and data about their water is just as just as common as any other, any, you know, looking at the weather on your phone, right? Yeah. We're used to having tons of data at our fingertips, yet this thing that is vital to all of us living on this planet, we have functionally no data on it as consumers. So we're trying to change that. 
man. Chris is and so powerful, man. And I think, you know, for, for us, man, we're thankful that you're leading this movement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, seriously. And, and aquagenuity, because I think the 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 power of what you all are doing is completely, you know, actually bringing some value to a problem that a lot of a lot of people make it seem as if we can't solve. But we can uh, with the power of technology and, and blockchain and really understanding that this is a data problem. And, you know, you all are building the platform for it. Chris, man. OK, quick fire round. Quick fire <laughs> round. So people can know you personally, man. What is Chris's favorite food? Uh, favorite food? Yeah. I would say uh, I'm a big seafood guy. I really enjoy me some seafood, um, you know. Probably the best would be some fried fish at my uncle's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some fried catfish. Who is your favorite sports team? Uh, I'm a long-suffering Gunners Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, used, I actually used to really enjoy a lot of football or, or soccer, as they call it in the U.S., but I actually don't watch it anymore. Now, now, nowadays, I just I just watch tech. That That's my sport. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, what is Chris's favorite movie? Uh, man, I'm going to date myself if I start throwing too many things out there. I, you know, I'll say stuff like Boomerang or... <laughs> <laughs> it might start to date me a little bit, <laughs> you know. I, I just watched Hamilton the other day with the family. I enjoy, wow. I enjoyed that. <laughs> good, good, good. I, I thought you were gonna say bad boy. I was gonna be like, oh, that's a great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you didn't date yourself too bad, man. <laughs> man, thank you so much, Chris. And you know, thank you so much for for coming on to our God Live podcast. You know, and we're really grateful because I think a lot of a lot of things that we try to do when we have people come onto the podcast is really talk about the movement they're leading. And I want you to kind of, what is your one powerful takeaway for our God community? Something that they should really be clear and adamant about right now as, as the world continues to change. Yeah, we are in a moment right now. We are in a moment that is that we haven't seen in our lifetimes and we may not see again in our lifetime. And so in particular for diverse uh, uh, people as well as and entrepreneurs. My, my co-founder, she likes to say entrepreneurship is the activism of the 21st century. Now is the time to take your ideas and put them into action. Now is the time to do that. There's a moment. Grab it. Make it happen. Don't be afraid. Man, I couldn't. I, I couldn't have said that any better. And you know, we're really just fortunate for you and, and the movement that you're leading, Chris. Man, thank you so much for coming on. Work at our amazing community. Follow you and the work that you're leading with Aquagenuity, man. Yeah, you can find Aquagenuity uh, on any of your social platforms: Instagram, Twitter. Um, um, as I said, check out your own water score. You can go to myaquascore.com. It's myaquascore.com, and check out your own water score. Uh, and of course. Feel free to follow me personally on um, on Twitter at, uh, at C Jones 2002. Um, you'll see stuff on Arsenal. Uh, usually, me crying a lot, and you'll also <laughs> see a lot of good information <laughs> on water, blockchain, and other tech. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it, Chris. Man, appreciate you so much for joining us today, man. Chris, we definitely have to have you on back in the future, man. What do you think, man? Uh, we we'll love it. We we'll love it, man. This has been a blast. I appreciate Thank it. You, <laughs> And thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide live podcast. If you loved Chris's thoughts on how they're creating their movement 
around aquagenuity, please make sure that you follow Chris and his work on all platforms. And more importantly, connect with him on LinkedIn. He's a super great guy. And if you're interested in being a part of our guideapp.co beta movement, please join our beta. We're at, we have access to our beta right now. And more importantly, it's going great. <laughs> It's going great. So definitely join our beta uh, beta program if you're super interested in being a part of our guide movement. With that said, thank y'all so much. Unleashing the future of work, a guide community. We appreciate you all and we hope you all are staying safe. Peace, love, and abundance. Talk to you soon. Peace.